1: Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, let's get our buddy Steve Novak in here uh, from uh, the co-host of the Milwaukee Basketball Hour and Fox Sports Wisconsin analyst. And we had a great time on Friday night out at uh, Concordia University. Steve, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing well. You're right. That was a good time. Concordia. They showed out. They had three, three, four hundred students there. That was a really good time.
1: That was um, that. That was so much fun. I, I I equated it to almost like a college game day atmosphere. Right.
2: It was good. It was the basket the boys basketball team, the girls basketball team, and what a great what a great campus. That was really fun and I think uh, you had mentioned it on air during the show. I think they had casino night after that. So I mean I didn't know that Concordia party like that, but how about that? <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Hey, uh you got a chance to see him up close and personal on Saturday night. Now Joel Embiid coming off of the proclamation that he's the best player in the world. Certainly did not look like it, did he? <laughs> wow. Well,
2: I feel like that's kind of the way it goes when you say I'm the best in the world at something, and then you kind of know in the back of your head maybe it's not true. And then you know the the human nature really doesn't allow you to to go out and perform your best because you went and said you're better than you are. Instead of saying I'm the underdog, I'm not as good. I'm trying to be the best. And the truth is, right now we know Giannis is playing at the highest level in the league. So I think you know it's cool to see the the Bucks always take the other path they always say look we're not getting the credit we deserve and we like it I didn't get voted an all-star and it's okay you know we're not getting this and that but we're going to just keep grinding and so you know I think the Bucks have done what they continue to do be consistent and tough and make guys like Joel Embiid pay when they run their mouth a little bit it was good to see
1: so first and foremost I thought Giannis just played his game and he was dominant I mean uh, just look at you look at the numbers across the board. He beat and beat in every situation now they didn't necessarily go head to head defensively. But I, I thought Giannis played an inside-outside game in which he ended up penetrating, kicking the ball back out. He fed it to a lot of guys. He had great support. Uh, in addition to that, it was a team that just – and they were missing shots from the outside for quite a time. I can't remember how many balls I saw go three-quarters of the way down the hoop and bounce back out, uh, especially in that third quarter. What a night for, uh, for shooting. I mean, they were off, but they still came out firing and still ended up putting a big lead up and ultimately ran away with that thing.
2: No, you're right, and I think you make a a really good point, though, about, look, they played really well, and they didn't even make all their shots, but they stayed with it. And I think that really led by Giannis, I feel like you see a guy who has been told, look, you're a terrible three-point shooter. Are you ever going to be able to develop that shot? And he's attacked that part of his game fearlessly. He's not paralyzed by airballing three points. He keeps doing it. He keeps shooting it because he knows it's what his team needs, and it's what he needs to do to develop. And so I think you know, that that speaks volumes to this guy's mindset. He airballs free throws, and he doesn't flinch. You know, for a lot of people, it would paralyze him. Somebody gets dunked on. They're like, I'm not going to go up and contest anymore. Giannis gets dunked on, and he keeps going up and trying to block guys. And So I do think that that has been one of the traits of the Milwaukee Bucks led by Giannis where, look, they might not be the best at something, but they know who they're supposed to be, so they keep shooting the threes if they're supposed to shoot them. Giannis knows if I'm supposed to come down and shoot a pull-up three-pointer, that's what I'm going to do on this possession. If I'm supposed to be making free throws and I airballed my last two, I'm going to keep shooting these free throws with confidence. So the Bucks, I think, because they're the best in the league, can get paralyzed by the thought that we're the best. But they don't because they continue to just grind and get better and get better and not be scared when what they're doing maybe doesn't work. And I think that's allowed them to only have you know, eight losses this season and, and clinch the earliest playoff berth in the last 15 years so far, so it's been fun to watch, and I, and I do. I think their their mindset is is special. It's unique right now.
1: So this team, like you had mentioned, I was going to get into that. They, the earliest they've clinched a playoff position. What is as a player? What does that do?
2: You know, I, nothing really. If you, if you think the Bucks didn't know that they were going to be in the playoffs, you're crazy. I think that you know they they knew they were going to be in the playoffs probably before the season started. So. Yeah, it's an early playoff berth, but the truth is, I think the mindset of this Bucks team. And every time we have the Milwaukee basketball hour, and we have a guy on, and we ask him, you know, what's the mindset? What's the talk in the locker room? It really is that. Look, we know we have the best record. We know we're doing stuff at the highest level in the league in so many categories. But we were at a really high level last year, and we lost four straight games to Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we're we're, we're madmen on making sure that doesn't happen again. And I think you see that they're. they're there's no distraction there's no selfishness there's no anything negative going on they understand that no matter how good the stats and the numbers look they have to be sure they can beat every team they play in the playoffs no matter what's thrown at them and so I think they have this fear that although we're great there might be something out there that can be in Achilles heel so they just continue to work and so I think that the playoff berth is meaningless in the fact that they were going to make the playoffs but I also think that you know, this is a team that understands the playoffs are a different animal the matchups are going to be just like they were last year where something's gonna get thrown at them that's crazy and they're gonna to have to figure it out and they' they're bent on making sure nobody can nobody can stop them this year
1: um I want to go back to the game the other night because when the Bucs ended up knocking off the 76ers at the end of that game, Giannis is getting a little bit of a breather. you got got uh, Middleton's getting a little bit of a breather. Uh, Giannis obviously with a big night with 31 points and deserved it. But you got a guy like Robin Lopez coming off the bench and dropping 12. Pat Connaughton comes in and gets some quality minutes. Steven Chenzo hits a couple of big buckets. Right now it seems like ev- there's, there's a contribution coming from everybody. If you're going to say, really when you get into the postseason, do you stick with the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 deep? Or do you then become an eight man rotation team?
2: You know, I think you saw last year that the way the Bucks played in the regular season, the rotations and the impact that guys had, it, it rolled right into the playoffs. And, you know, the thought was can the Bucks continue to play twelve guys and be successful? I mean most teams are playing, you know, eight, maybe nine guys once the playoffs come, but I do think that Coach Bud, Coach Popovich there's a few other teams out there that they do get the most out of so many guys, not just two or three. You look at coach Bud's teams when he was in Atlanta, you look at coach Bud's team right now and last season, you can pretty much go guy number one to guy number 15 or even 17. If you look at some of the two way guys, I mean, you got, you know, dragon Bender who was released. He was playing well for the Milwaukee bucks. I mean, that's the truth. He was let go and he was playing really well. So I think that, it's a a huge credit to Coach Bud's system and the leadership of Giannis to get everybody in line and be able to have everybody successful. And so I don't expect there to be a huge cutback in guys impacting the game. Maybe in guys, minutes might change a little bit because the playoffs are going to be, you know, where you're going to play your starters a a little heavier minutes. But I don't expect to see guys buried because, you know, there's guys that are capable and they prove themselves and Coach Bud trusts them. And and I think truthfully that's why this team is is uniquely better than a lot of teams because they've got so many guys playing significant minutes.
1: A lot of times when you see guys with good shooting percentages, it's because they have their legs under them. Um, man, I, I tell you what, I don't know what to explain out of Philadelphia, but the Bucks shot 52.7%. Uh, the other night against Philadelphia. Philadelphia only shot 35%. To me, it seemed like the Bucks had a better step, had a better pep. They played both ends of the floor. I still, for a team that shoots as well as they do and the numbers that they put up, the emphasis defensively speaking is just, it's still mind-boggling to me that this team still goes down and plays a much better brand of basketball on the defensive end of the court than a lot of teams do.
2: They certainly do. And in the games when you see the Bucks clicking defensively and getting stops. And, you know, I think back to that Philly game on Christmas when, look, the Bucks we know they're the number one defensive team that have been all year. No one's really been close when you look at the numbers and the, what, what they've been able to do. But Philly was making shots. I mean, they were making fadeaway threes and balls were getting knocked around and ended up in the wrong spot. And Philly was – everybody was making shots. And so, look, there can still be games like that. But this Bucks team on a long-term basis, on a – look call it a seven-game series basis, has been so good defensively when you're talking about manning up man-on-man, man, Wesley Matthews, Eric Bledsoe, Giannis, Robin Lopez, guys just that can individually do it that when you plug in those individual guys that are that capable and then you talk about them guarding as a team unit, they're elite. And that's why this team has been number one all year, and that's what they hang their head on. I mean, they're looking to have multiple guys be first-team All-NBA defense. they got multiple guys that could be defensive player of the year, with Giannis, with Brooke Lopez, you know, so I think that they're going to continue to hang their hat on that. And when they do, their offensive numbers are always higher when they're successful defensively because they're getting stops, getting out, getting the shots they want. And the truth is, when they get out on the break, they're the best they're the best team on the fast break when Giannis is going downhill, Bledsoe's going downhill. So they can guard. I mean, there's there's not a team that, that can stop them.
1: Um, the other question I wanted to ask you, we talked the other night to Dante DiVincenzo and we were talking with him about his impact and the numbers that he's putting up and kind of, if you want to equate it to, to baseball, it's the war numbers. You know what I mean? It's, it's the value number of you being on the floor. What makes him so valuable on the floor?
2: You know, I think his, his understanding of his role has what has been what has made him so successful this year, you know. And he talked about his experience at Villanova and understanding he needs to be a player. He needs to be a defensive player first, and that his offense will come. But to be a, you know, he said to us, "I, I see myself as a player, not as an offensive guy, not as a defensive guy." He's out there understanding. I think, especially with this group, when he's out there as a starter with Giannis and Chris, or when he comes off the bench. He's out there trying to get stops, flying around, grabbing rebounds, and, and just being active, being a player, but using his defensive skills to, to lead his game because that gets him going. And then offensively, I think he knows there's, there's no pressure. There's no stress. He makes the right pass. The guys around him are playing unselfish. And so, you know, he can stroke it. So he can play defense and then just trust his game. And so I think that him understanding that, look, there's nothing I need to do. I just need to – be a great defender on this team, and good things are going to happen. I think he's he's been right all season long.
1: Always good to chat, my friend. I know we got another one coming up on uh, Thursday night. Looking forward to it, and I'll see you then. Okay.
2: Sounds great. We'll see you then.
1: All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Later, Steve Novak, co-host of the Milwaukee Basketball Hour, also Fox Sports Wisconsin analyst for the Milwaukee Bucks. You can find him at Steve Novak sixteen. At Steve Novak, 16 on Twitter. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they're beginning to get done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That is 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
0: celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?